0: What a great weekend of quarterfinal rugby we had in Japan. It is, though, fair to say that Saturday was much better than Sunday. Wales against France, I watched yesterday, was quite underwhelming. Um, France lost it through an act of mindless thuggery, which, by the way, was one of the most blatant displays of violence I have ever seen on a football field. Normally they try to hide this sort of stuff, you know, in the dark of the ruck. But this guy just elbowed the other guy in the head. Uh, and that lost it for France for a while. There though, I thought they were going to keep it. They were going so well, but then a seven-man scrum, and that was a bit silly. Afterwards, Warren Gatland, uh, the Welsh coach, admitted the best side lost, the Welsh. Eh? And yet, France wasn't that good. Meanwhile, the Japanese dream never came true, but they were in it in the first half. What was it? South Africa leading just five-three at half time. Uh, The Japanese were beside themselves, but they they, um, coasted on. South Africa never, though, really in control. So the first half of the draw obviously was the best. The half that featured England and, of course, the All Blacks. And that means the first half of the draw will feature the best match of the tournament when the All Blacks take on England this weekend. Both those sides were imperious. The game will be close and it will be electric and it'll be awesome. But I do take issue with people who say the winner of this semi-final, the ABs versus England, will go on to win the cup. Because, come on, stranger things happen. And I worry that the two sides may just leave their best rugby on the semi-final pitch. But anyway, it was great. Uh, the other very exciting thing in the weekend, I'm going to say this seriously, uh, was the New Zealand First Conference. Perhaps not as good as the quarter-final in Japan, but still surprisingly entertaining. I've always actually quite liked New Zealand First as a true centrist party. They're slightly conservative, they're slightly socialist, they're not liberal, that's for sure. But they still have a heart towards the less well-off, particularly if you happen to be elderly or you come from Northland. Uh, Winston is the great campaigner, and he started his election campaign this weekend. It's one year out, and he started it on the second anniversary of the coalition he helped form. And doing that, his role as kingmaker rubs people up the wrong way. They don't like that. They never like the tail wagging the dog, even though every coalition has a dog wagging tail. Now, for the National Party, that was the Maori Party. They made the Nats do all sorts of strange things, social spending, whanau aura. Tail wagging dog is the price of MMP and always has been, but Winston gets it more than anybody else. But look, Winston and New Zealand First have mitigated many of Labour's policies. Winston pointed it out in the weekend as they would have if they'd gone into coalition with National. And I don't think National could ever have avoided having to agree to a provincial growth fund either. But the criticism has always followed New Zealand first, that it's a one-man band, and when Winston goes, the party will fold. But Shane Jones seems to be there for the long haul. Ron Mark is still rattling in his cage. Tracy Martin is a determined woman. And Jenny Marcroft is rising, slowly mitigating the baby boomer conservatism. And bringing the party into the president. And we saw that when the New Zealand First Youth Wing managed to influence the leaders on festival drug testing. You know, the question has always been, is New Zealand First a sideshow or the real deal? Well, I think they're much more than a sideshow as they've proved time and time again and probably will into the future.